to the Church Strengthening Podcast, brought to you by the Grand Crossings Baptist Association, located in the heart of Missouri in the counties of Audrain and Callaway, where churches are working together to advance the kingdom of Christ. I'm your host, Preston Thompson, Director of Missions for Grand Crossings, and I'm joined in the studio with Will Hoffman and Brad Kerr. And our discussion today is worship. So just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do at your church, and then we'll get into this topic of worship. Well, uh, like I said, uh, my name is Will Hoffman. I am the senior pastor at Rising Sun Baptist Church. Um, and for a rural church, I kind of do it all, um, except for sing. That is not the gift that God has given to me, but I do talk a lot, and people tend to try to listen. Um, but I'm kind of a jack-of-all-trades at the church, uh, along with doing stuff at the Missouri Baptist Convention through the apologetics um, network. Is that a band? <laughs> it should be. The Apologetics? It, it would, Sounds like a great name for a band. It is a band. Oh, oh darn. <laughs> but, uh, You're not probably part of the band, though, right? No, no. I do have a bass and a guitar, and they they collect dust very well. You're halfway there. Yeah. but uh, So I do uh, stuff with the Apologetics Network. Uh, I also do dabble in church revitalization as well. Uh, with my column that I do write for the the association newsletter is on church revitalization. Right on. Brad, what about you? I'm from First Baptist Church. I am the associate pastor of music and education. And so that means that I oversee music on Sundays and other aspects of technology and things because that always gets lumped together. And I oversee our children's ministry and our adult Sunday school ministry, as well as various other things as assigned <laughs> by the church. <laughs> yeah. So associate role, I mean, you're doing a lot of things, wearing a lot of hats, um, yeah. leading from the second chair. Um, and then, Will, you're in that, that rural church role where you're pretty much doing all the roles. Yeah. So There's only one chair. One chair. <laughs> and it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> so this past month, or for the month of January, our newsletter was focused around the theme of worship. And so I uh, thought it would be good just to kind of talk a little bit more about it uh, rather than just reading it, which those are great articles, but... Just what what does worship mean to you? What does that look like in your setting, in your context, and, and maybe in your specialty? Where does that come into play? Well, I think uh, for myself, you know, being a senior pastor and giving the sermon almost every Sunday, um, you know, when it, when it comes to that time of worship, I mean, there's no better time than that, that than being in worship. To actually give it all to God uh, through song, and we do have a a contemporary song to start things off, but we usually just kind of stick stick with the hymns. But for my true belief in this is that when you come to church, when you're in any church setting, that time of worship is that time to get your heart ready to hear God's word, um, and. It's something that I've had to work on in my life that no matter what what stuff you bring into the church with you, any worries or any problems, anything like that, you forget it and you just worship God with all your heart. And that's why 
you know, like I said, although I can't sing a lick, and I've actually had people tell me I probably should quiet down a little bit during My the worship, said that to me worship part. Before, yeah. um, <laughs> I still go in there and I say, okay, this is my time to worship. This time is my time to praise God, and I'm going to do it no matter how bad my voice may be. Okay. Brad, what are you going to say? Uh, Well, also for me, um, one of the things that I've always struggled with in church, I grew up in a Methodist and Presbyterian church growing up in Northern California, um, and so I don't have a Southern Baptist background. And one of the things that I've struggled with is, is in the Baptist church, we tend to uh, bring worship and music together, and they're synonymous. And when you read scripture, they're not. You know, worship is what we do as an outflowing or outpouring of our salvation, as our focus on God. I mean, you know, liturgy means the work that people do uh, for God or, you know, in the church. <clears throat> And so I, f- I feel like we have kind of done a disservice to our congregations if we bring those two together and don't open those up. Music can be worship, but isn't, worship isn't only music. And so, I mean, even in the prayers that I pray as I'm leading, I try to, I try to consciously think and pray that God would help us as we worship through music, as we worship through giving, through praying, and through the preaching of the Word to try to help our congregation just even in subtle ways uh, to lock in that it's more than just this one thing. And I know when I was in the first church I, I served in, uh, we worked hard to try to, to try to separate out the song service and the preaching service. And when they first started telling me about this song service, uh, some of the choir members, I did not know what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just the one service. We almost got into an argument about it because they kept pushing on it. He said, well, you got to be ready for the song service. And I said, I'm just ready for the service. I don't know. So one of them sat me down and said, well, this is the song service where you sing and then you sit down and then the preacher gets up and preaches and the preaching service. And my goal was to try to bring those together and that it's all a worship service and we're doing the same thing. We're honoring and glorifying God. And, and it's just dangerous to me if we try to pull those apart. You know, but I, I think that's I think we're in a much healthier place than we were in the '90s and early 2000s, uh, where worship and music were the same thing. And you read in the Bible, and you're like, oh, nowhere in the Bible does it even really bring those together in that way that we did in the you know mid mid to late '90s and the early 2000s. Okay, I mean, in our context, um, many rural churches. Do you think that they're still trying to do that? I mean, there's still the 90s, the 2000s ways of, of doing it, I mean, uh, of worship. Because, you know, I travel around to a lot of the churches. And, you know, I hate to say that many times I'll come into the, the church and, and maybe the worship leader's not there. Or the accompanist is, isn't there. And so there is this this big divide of, of the worship song service. And then there's the the preaching, and not they're not really together. Um, so maybe shine some light of how how churches might be able to to help with that that combining of, of the service to make sure everything is to, is together. What, what are you guys thinking? Or you know, for me, I mean, I guess from from the pastor's point of view, when when they got to get up to actually preach the message. Um, you know, we, we always 
I mean, I, I guess I kind of always joke about that as, you know, my, my time to get all my worship in is at the first part where we, we do a lot of the singing uh, because then I got to go to work. And, and I know I, I'm being led by the Spirit and I'm doing that. And sometimes I have these amazing worship times while I'm preaching. But then sometimes it can be a little more hectic when you're a pastor. And I think for myself, yeah, I, I kind of do separate them out because I try to fit in my worship all in this point trying to get ready so I can get up there and and preach and that's probably something I need to you know work on myself and trying to incorporate all of it but you know again when you're when you're up there preaching when you're doing that you you got so much stuff kind of rolling off you know trying to trying to fit in make sure you're saying things correctly all that stuff it almost becomes work and not always that time of worship for you and, and that's you know just being honest that's yeah, for me that's sure. how it goes yeah and I think it's good to recognize that and I think I think if you can begin to shift your mind and say even the work that I'm doing of preaching the word is worship even you know would you say that the work you're doing to prepare to preach the word is not worship no I, I, mean, I would say yeah you know it would too so yeah it would be I think if you can if you and if especially in the congregation if the pastor and the person leading the music, can get together and say, this whole service is a worship service. Mm-hmm. I think then it helps people to kind of understand that then what they do outside of the church, when they go to work, when they are, you know, when they've worked all day and they have had enough of people and they come home and they're ready to be done and their kids need them, that's also worship. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you just look at Romans 1 and we think that's, you know, what is your spiritual act of worship? It's really dying to yourselves. It's really focusing in on what Christ has done, what he wants us to do. And when we come to church, you know, we need to do that same thing. You know, we need to be ready to give up our preferences, give up our wants. I, you know, for me, I know I'm not a big country music guy. I'm, we've probably lost half of our audience. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm not. So if I were to be asked by our church to start doing 100% country music worship, I would have to say, I, I will do it if that's the way the church has to go, but it's probably not going to be great because that's not something I'm very good at. It's not something I know very well. Um, but I would, I would at that point kind of give up my preferences and say, and after a couple of weeks, they'd say, Oh, you're right. We probably don't want to do that anymore. Um, <clears throat> but I, it just, we've, we've got to start trying to get churches to think through the whole services, worship, the preaching and, and, and like you said, to really prepare our hearts for the sermon. Yeah. But I think if we don't put any thought into the songs that we're going to sing, especially the ones that we're going to select, you know, why are you singing this particular hymn? Uh, you know, it doesn't have to, we don't have to do contemporary music. You know, why are you singing this hymn? Why are you singing this contemporary song? How does it, how does it point you to Jesus? How does it help you to understand what the pastor is going to be preaching on? You know, one of my favorite things is when our pastor, Gary Schultz, can get up and say, at some point in his sermon or right off the bat, he's done this the last few weeks, he's referenced a song that we've sung, which then gives kind of gives credibility to what God's been doing in my heart and my life as I pray through his sermon, as I pray through the text, you know, he gives it to me, and I will go in and I will read through commentaries, and I'll do a bunch of studying on it, not as in-depth as he would, but I'll do some studying on it, what's it saying, and try to, I guess, try to figure out where he's going to go. 
um, and playing songs that will help people to get there mentally, emotionally, spiritually, so that when when he does get up to preach, their hearts are prepared, you know, kind of like cultivating the ground and, and just helping them. And I, I, I really think that when you just go in and you just say, all right, open your hymnals to hymn number 12, you, you really haven't done anything. And, and for me, I've been a volunteer. Uh, I've been in full-time ministry for 10 and a half years, and I've been a volunteer for what's 10 before that. Um, and and I, I, never, I never thought about not doing it this way. And so for me, I just think that's just part of what we should do and how we should try to train people. And if you're the pastor of a church, you need to meet, I would say you need to meet with your person that's leading your music and say, this is my sermon for Sunday. Or if you can, if you haven't planned out, say, this is my my sermons for the next three or four weeks, next couple months. And these are some songs that could be good. If they're, if they're um, a volunteer or if they are, uh, you know, part-time paid, say, you know, these are some songs that I think would really help people prepare mentally for what I'm going to be preaching on. Because you have, you know, so many people when they are, uh, studies have come back and so many people who have Alzheimer's can't remember their family's name, but they can remember the hymns that they've grown up singing. They can remember the foundational truths and the doctrines that are core to those songs. And so many people as they walk away from church, um, are like, yeah, I can't remember a single sermon that somebody preached, but I can remember these songs that we sing. And so I think if you can bring those together, I think it can be so much more impactful in the lives of the congregation than just, I'm preaching, we're singing, hopefully it'll all kind of work out in the wash, hmm. you know, or even, you know, even emphasizing one over the other, you know, I, I, I believe my job is to help kind of funnel the music down to focusing on our relationship with God on strengthening one another as we sing, you know, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to and with one another. Um, but I've never gotten the impression from Gary that uh, that what he does is vastly more important than what I do. He's always so good to encourage our our, our worship team. You know, after the after the service, he's like, "Hey, you guys did a great job. Thanks for leading." Um, he talks to me about you know stuff that's gone well or says, Hey, I've got this song. Could we do this Sunday? Um, he's always really been very good to validate what I feel like God is calling me to do, which then helps me to want to validate other people in our church and kind of build them up from there. Um, so I don't think that answered your question. No, no. It, well, it brought up some great things. Let's talk about the relationship between the pastor and the worship leader, um, because that's really who you guys are. And, and so, um, taking it from someone who is probably got volunteer staff, is that right? Yeah. For your worship yeah, leader and, and everybody probably but you is volunteer at your church. Right? Uh, yeah, other than one other person. One other person. Um, but but yeah, I mean for the the pastoral side of it, you know, music and preaching, um, I'm the only, you know, paid staff. And so when it when it comes to like me preparing my sermon and stuff like that. I, I try to get it as early as I can. Uh, I do like to have um, like a set of sermons, uh, a series to go where I can just email that to our uh, music minister so that he can prepare. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's been some times where it's like Saturday morning and I'm texting him, hey, this is what my sermon's going to be. Not because I've made it up on Saturday morning, but because I forgot, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, and... 
but what I've what I've tried to do now is like so right now I know what I'm going to preach on Sunday, mm-hmm. and by the end of the today, as long as I everything plans out and I remember, I'm going to send them an email say, hey, this is what I'm going to be preaching on. Uh, this is kind of where I'm heading at dur- towards the sermon, um, and then he has the week to do it. Mm-hmm. Now we also have um, uh, Judy Crawford who does our. Um, contemporary song um our praise song during uh the first part and i was going back and forth with her because i was wanting her to do uh, a matthew west song um i forget what it is off the top of my head now it's the broken one uh broken things okay. uh, but she sung a chris tomlin song this week uh, jesus and i just really liked it so i i was texting her on my way over here saying hey you know Instead of you starting the song up, could you do that song for a couple more weeks? Because mm-hmm. I really liked it, and I liked the way that the congregation started to kind of get into it because they mm-hmm. they never sung it before. But it's a song I definitely think that in a couple weeks they they will be singing. You know, just awesome to yeah. really get everybody ready for worship because that's the song that takes place right at the beginning of the service. Um, so. I mean, for a pastor, I think it's very important because I've been in I've been in roles where it's kind of like Sunday morning. Hey, you know, you want to sing this song, right? Yeah, and it it just kind of yeah, yeah, the last minute of oh yeah, we we could sing that, but uh, I don't know if the piano player can. I don't know if she knows it. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, No one's ever heard of it. Yeah, and the songs are printed in your bulletin, but we're not singing any of those songs. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, man, that last minute stuff, and it it can kill you. I mean, well, it kills you as as a pastor getting ready to to go up and preach. I mean, I've I've had many times where I've preached and and be quite frankly, I mean, worship was not was not uplifting. Yeah. whether it was acapella or or just something last minute things came up and and then you've got to prepare yourself to to be ready to to preach and and that's rough sometimes. Well, I mean, when you when you get up there and when you hear a congregation, no matter what si- size, singing, you know, say the old rugged cross, which is my favorite hymn. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it every time I hear it. It might not even fit the sermon, but it, you know, you know, I, I I think it goes with every sermon, but it's just my bias. But, uh, you know, when you hear a, a crowd singing that song or whatever your favorite Christian song is, it just, it moves you and it wants you to be involved in the entirety of worship. But if you hear everybody going, because they don't know it, then it just, it's a downer. You're like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean, it can really, and and I think that can uh, really have a negative impact on the sermon, on the, you know, as much as as much as we might not want to think that way, I think it can have a negative impact on the preparedness that people have to hear God's word preached. You know, it's kind of like if you don't get enough sleep the night before, mm-hmm. and you try to wake up and you try to sit for twenty minutes, thirty minutes, an hour, whatever it is, and listen. It's much more difficult than if you've slept well, had a breakfast, you know, prepared, prayed, read your Bible. I mean, there are all, all these different things that you can do to get ready. And then I think when it comes to singing, so many churches don't take the time to plan out. We're going to sing these songs. Or like even doing a song for a few weeks, 
we've been singing a song that uh, is to the tune of Auld Lang Syne. That's not right. I, don't, I never say that right. <laughs> The, the famous New Year's hymn, uh, but, uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, the New Year's, the New Year's I song, I had no exactly. idea what you're talking about. Right, yeah. Dun, 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 that one. Um, you know, it's all glory be to Christ. This, this church took that song tune and put these incredible lyrics to it. Well, we've been singing that since, uh, I guess, December 31st, like almost every week. And it, it usually takes three to four weeks for the congregation to hear it because I don't, I don't typically select songs off of Christian radio because they're made more to listen to and not necessarily to sing with. And so I go to churches that are making songs for their church mm -hmm. that we can, that have rich theology in them as well, but are also singable. Um, and so this was one that I, someone had sent me, a friend of mine was like, have you heard of this? And I was like, no, this is amazing. Um, but, but the whole thing is just, just trying to get people to sing, you know, the, um, the purpose of singing together is not to hear the worship leader or band sing or perform. And when it becomes that way, then I think we're in, we're in danger of getting lost in our purpose. You know, we're in danger of getting lost in what it is that God's called us to do as a church. And, and so many times I get recommendations of, Hey, have you heard this song on the radio or this? I'm like, no, I haven't. Have you heard? And I say, have you heard this church? who's leading their church to sing these songs. Oh, you should check out this album or you should check out this church or, you know, whatever. Cause so much to me, so much of Christian radio songs are not singable for churches. And so we'll either pick songs and do them so infrequently churches can't learn them, or we will sing, pick songs that have this crazy range. And since we've dropped off on our, uh, on our ability on our musical ability, um, we aren't able to just pick it up, you know, I mean, pretty much anybody can sing How Great Thou Art, and that has a, a wide range musically, you know, vocally. Um, but if you take a similar song, uh, if, you, if you take a similar song and uh, have them try to sing it without them knowing it, it's, it's just not going to be the same. So, you know, I usually try to do it and teach it to them. I try to uh, get the, you know, we've started doing like a Spotify playlist. I've put... Um, sheet music up on our website just to try to give them different avenues to learn the song uh, so that they can really yeah. get into it. You, you mentioned that you, you go to some churches or, or you listen to some churches that are writing music for their congregation. So got any suggestions? Maybe some worship leaders out there are thinking, I, I need somewhere to go. I, I need some a fresh new song as Psalms talks about all the time. So where would you go? Uh, so I would, I would say, depending on your church, if you're more of a traditional church, I would say go to the Gettys. Yeah. Uh, because they have just these, uh, incredibly singable songs, but they're so theologically rich. Yeah. Um, their whole purpose and goal in, in existing in ministry is to help people, uh, sing, help congregations sing and engage both mentally and physically, uh, to prepare them for hearing from God. Uh, to help them to get lasting, to help them have lasting uh, theology through the music that they sing, rather than just kind of, oh, we're just singing, you know, in the secret, in the quiet place. What are you talking about? No one knows what that means. Mm. Um, but uh, that's one that I would go to for a more traditional. Um, if you're kind of in between traditional and contemporary, I would say go to Sovereign Grace. Um, I think it's just sovereigngracemusic.org or com or... 
Yeah. Internet. If they're listening to this, <laughs> yeah. they can figure that out. That's right. Yeah. If you figure out how to listen to this, you can find Sovereign Grace music. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but they're really good. They have some uh, shorter songs. Um, they they don't repeat themselves too much, uh, but they are easy to learn. But they also have uh, a wider range musically, where you can we we typically cut out a lot of the electric guitar solos and different things um, that maybe extend the song out, so we shorten them a little bit for our purposes. And then if you want really uh, like if you really want really contemporary stuff, Vertical Church has been doing some really good stuff. Um, and then some like non-churches, you know, um, I really like David Crowder. We do some of his songs um, from his solo album, uh, solo albums, and then for, also from the David Crowder band. Um, I would say Chris Tomlin is really good, too. He's now I guess he's part of a church in Atlanta with Louis Giglio, but he's another one that he's on the radio, but I think he also has really good songs. Mm-hmm. But what I wouldn't say... For us, we don't do them in his key, because yeah. most congregations can't sing up high where he does. Um, so for us, we like lower them a lot. Or yeah, like it's that, like you know, you know the capo four for any guitar that's right, players. Super high. Yeah. <laughs> Again, collects dust. So. Yeah, I might be talking to you about your basing your guitar, <laughs> <laughs> dust those things off a little bit. Um, yeah, like the Gettys in Christ Alone. I mean, that's pretty much a hymn in churches now. Right. But that's why they wrote it. I mean, and, and I love their song. And it's like 17 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So think about how long it's taken to get to most churches. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I've I've been to churches that are still doing Lord, I Lift Your Name on High. I mean, that is that is that was uh, like early 90s. I mean, that yeah. was like... Wow, this is such a contemporary song, and 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 I think the problem, I, I'm not trying to bash either side, but I think we need to think about why we're singing the songs that we're singing. Mm-hmm. We don't want to sing a song just because it's a hymn, and we don't want to sing a song just because it's contemporary. You know, yeah. we want them to have a purpose, and yeah. it needs to serve a purpose, either a call to worship, uh, or a prayer your hearts, or a response, or something. You know, there needs to be a purpose behind what we're doing. Yeah, you know, thinking well, I, things through. And I, I like the way you pointed out because I know that it's been a big issue, especially in another podcast I was listening to today, was talking about like the theology in the songs that you hear on Christian radio or you mm-hmm. hear in your churches. Yeah. Uh, because l- let's be honest, you you turn on any top forty Christian radio station, and there's not a lot of depth there. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's it, all about being happy and they don't talk about sin and no. it's just, and, but, it, but then again, we have a lot of churches that also, uh, start to sing those songs and then also preach those messages because Jesus take the wheel songs. Oh, yeah. Don't yeah. even, don't even, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely right. And so, so I'm trying to find, um, so this is a song on the Getty's new album. They didn't write it, um, but but to me this song is amazing. And when you just listen to the lyrics, it says, "When I fear my faith will fail," which if you listen to Christian radio, there's not a lot of "I'm afraid my faith is going to fail." It's hmm. God is is the rock and He's solid, and all that is true. But we don't only live on a mountaintop, and so we have to sing songs that reflect more than just the high points of our Christianity. Mm. But it says, When I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter would prevail, he will hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path, 
for my love is often cold, he will hold me fast. And then the chorus just repeats that. He will hold me fast, he will hold my hold me fast, for my Savior loves me so, he will hold me fast. Yeah. That's the kind of... That's the kind of lyrics we're going to have with the Gettys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this last, just yesterday, we sang a song from Sovereign Grace um, all about asking asking for and seeking after the kingdom of God. It's called Let Your Kingdom Come. And if you at all are ever preaching through any of Jesus' parables about the kingdom, um, if you're ever trying to focus the, the congregation's attention on a, a bigger view of the kingdom, a bigger view of... God, it's a great song for that. It's it's really simple, you know. It's the chorus is um, "Let your kingdom come, let your will be done," uh, and it just kind of goes on from there. And it's just it's an awesome kind of almost rally cry of a more contemporary song that still has you know deep, rich theology. Yeah, I mean those lyrics you just said. That sounds a lot like the Bible, right? right? And that's and that to me is where when you find a really good church that's doing this well many of their songs will have scripture put right into them. Um, that's another thing about Chris Tomlin and David Crowder. They will take portions of scripture and put mm-hmm. them to song, or they will include them in their song or kind of rewrite them or paraphrase. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of Christian radio, a lot of other artists that are played on Christian radio, they don't really do. Mm-hmm. You know, they it, It's kind of Christianese. We've got to be careful with that. It kind of reminded me when Casting Crowns first came out. Yeah. And... <clears throat> People were listening to their song, but then they were confused because they're like, it's not all happy-go-lucky. It's more of a, you know, a convicting song. Uh, You know, their their song on their second album, uh, uh, Stained Glass Masquerade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you don't almost feel down at the end of it, because, I mean, (laughs) but it sounds very catchy. Yeah. But when you listen to it, you're thinking... Well, do I do that in church? Mm. You know, is this a performance that I'm giving? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this, you know, something that I'm just trying to get the glorification for myself? And I listen to that song sometimes and I go, it's a, it's a check, you know, I got to yeah. check myself. Um, and, you know, being to actually one of their concerts, it was the best worship I've ever had. Yeah. You know, because yeah, yeah. that's the way it was built. Yeah. Um, and we need that. We need that more. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think going to, I, I, part of me really wishes more people would come and say, what are some groups that you would go see live mm-hmm. rather than just like, Hey, so-and-so is in town. We're going to go see them. Hey, so, and I, I, you know, for different people, I'd recommend different things, but yeah, casting crowns has always been, I love that their goal is to strengthen the church. It's not, we're just making money. We're just touring. You know, they're, they don't really hold back on a lot of what they write and put into their yeah. songs. You know, they're kind of calling the church out. And, and I think it's so important to to encourage people to listen to those, to check where they are, to check their heart, um, you know, to try to figure out, is this is this me? Like, you know, like you said, or, or like their song, you know, Slow Fade. Oh, yeah. I mean, man, if you're... If if you listen to that, you're thinking, oh, well, I need to run away from you know this. There's <laughs> yeah. this and this and that, and uh, you know we gotta stay away from all that stuff. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh, and I think with the casting crown, what makes them so grounded in in, in touch with the church is they're still involved yes. in the church. Yeah. yeah, I mean they're still that's, youth. That's one of the things I leaders. love about um, them. Yeah, and that's that's what I look for. I, I look yeah. at the story behind the the song. I look at the the person who wrote it. What was what were they going through? Yeah. Um, 
when they wrote it, who who are they now? Are they just on the road? Because we see that in, in today's culture. We have a lot of, you know, televangelists, a lot of people that are out there that are, you know, on social media. And, and you can use those things, but that's their only platform. Right, yeah. And, yeah. and so, again, like you said, a lot of music on the radio is for for you to listen to, not for you to sing corporately right. in worship with both the broken and the healed and, yeah. and those who are coming together because our congregations have to be made up of both the sinner and the saved. Um, yeah. You know, I think so many times we just think that, oh, everybody's saved in our in our congregation, so therefore we can sing these these old songs or, or we can sing just the, the familiar song. No, we need to sing songs that are calling people to a right relationship with God. Um, whether that is the believer who's been a believer for 50 some odd years or the one who just came in off the street and is looking for hope. Yeah. You know, and so that as a worship leader, I mean, that's something that you have to think about as you're, as you're putting together the, the worship that leads us to the, the message. That's what you have to think about it as the pastor and you're preaching. The, not that we do things horizontally, but we do things vertically. We, you know, we want to take people to the, to the throne, but also we're preaching a, a, a message that is, is Bible-based, theologically sound, that is driving people to the cross, not to us. Mm-hmm. And we, we could talk a lot more about, you know, what what's the worship band like and some oh, of the struggles yeah, the that we details. do on that. We'll probably do another podcast on that. But, Brad, you were talking about a book um, before we were doing the podcast that you would like for us to know more about. Um, oh yeah. Why don't you the, talk about that? So the Gettys released the book called Sing, and the whole book is focused around getting the congregation to sing. Uh, and, and so I would recommend trying to, as a pastor, as a volunteer worship leader, as whatever your role, I would get that read through it. See if that lines up with your church, because they go through and they talk about different areas that music. Well, not just music. They talk about different areas that singing helps us as members of the church, as the body of Christ, whether that's singing directly to God, whether that's singing uh, and strengthening one another, whether that's preparing for script for, for the sermon um, in our families, uh, whatever it is, they go through and they kind of break all this down. But then even in the back, they have these different sections for the pastor, for the worship leader, for the technology team, just little snippets of kind of how you apply the book. Um, they've got some questions in there. It, it would be a great resource for churches to go through corporately together and say, is this why we're gathering? Is this our purpose? Because I've I've read it. We're getting ready to do a study on it with our music leadership team, um, with all of our praise team members, and I hope to then do one with the church, whether that's like on a Sunday night or sometimes Gary will preach through different books and different things um, and kind of incorporate them in his sermon. But um, but one of the things I got to go to their conference, um, the Sing Getty Music Conference in Nashville last year. Yeah, what was that? Um, it was um, in September. Uh, um, oh yeah, it was the same time as our uh, annual meeting, yeah. right? Well, we fixed that though. Yes, right? we did. We we changed the date of the annual meeting yeah. so Brad can well, go the, to the this conference. Just wasn't, for Brad, the conference wasn't the same time. We were on vacation afterwards. So oh, I see. I, I see how it is. Yeah. No, sorry, Brad. Um, but uh, but yeah. Um, but one of the things that, uh, one of the verses that came up in the teaching was Ephesians um, 5, and, and going in here to um, 18, it says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. 
And then this is kind of where they focus, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. And I think in, in so many of our churches would benefit from studying through the book, from realizing, man, I have been robbing God of, of my singing. I've been robbing him of the heart I turn toward him. And I've been robbing, we've been robbing each other. You know, when our, like you said, when our, when our broken brothers and sisters who are going through cancer treatment, mm. who have lost a child, who have lost a job, whose parents just passed away, whatever it is the, that we know happens in this world, the brokenness that comes in, when we can see them singing and, and crying out to God through some of these songs, again, with good theology and great melodies, not mm-hmm. bad stuff. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when we, when we can see them doing that, it strengthens us. And when we can see those that are um, maybe just got a raise, maybe they just had a child, they just got married, they're, um, they just moved to town for a new job, um, other things that, you know, you just celebrated your 30th wedding anniversary, you know, whatever it is, um, when we can see them that are strengthened and have a, a kind of a sweeter relationship with Christ at the moment, maybe closer to him at the moment, it strengthens those that don't, it strengthens those that are struggling. And that's the role that we should play in the church. That's where we should, that's why we come together. Otherwise God would say, you're saved. Now you're going to come to heaven or you're saved. All you need is your Bible and the woods, which that, that drives me crazy. I don't need to come to church. I got my Bible. I go out in the woods. You're, you're, you don't have, you know, you can grow that way, sort of, but God puts us together in a church for a whole host of mm-hmm. reasons, mm-hmm. least of which is to sing with and to each other. Yeah. You know, I, I just think if we, if we can wrap our minds around that, it will make our services better. It will make, and then as a result, it will make us help us to be disciples. It will help us to bring people in. I mean, who wants to bring somebody else to a funeral that doesn't know the person that you're there to celebrate their life. And so many of our churches, I feel like their their services, the music, it's kind of like a funeral. All the hymns are played at half speed. You know, it's like, amazing. And you're just thinking, oh, please, this is, this is torture, you know? And so it's just, I just think there's so much that we can celebrate. There's so many times that we can come together and really work on celebrating, you know, celebrating with people, weeping with people, rejoicing with those that have gone through this or crying with those that haven't. And it should be reflected in, in what we sing and how. And that book, Sing, really helps you wrap your mind around it. It kind of gives a voice to what our what our music should look like Yeah. in the so, church. So let me bring this back to our association. So uh, 21 out of 35 churches run less than 50. And another 9 to make it 30 out of 35 churches run 100 or less. Would this book be applicable to them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's any size. I would say from the house church that has 10 people to the mega church that has, you know, 10,000 people. Which we don't have those. Well, no, but I mean, I think that's (laughs) just to kind of give people an idea. The range. This isn't written to a specific size congregation. It's really kind of like on the shelf over here to my left, there's the I Am a Church Member book. I, if it were me, and I were a pastor, I would give everybody the I Am a Church Member book and the Sing book. Uh, because I think if you bring those two together and if you were to study through those, we would have so much, such a better understanding of what it means to be part of the body of Christ, mm-hmm. what it means to be a member of the church, not to withhold our voice, not to withhold our, 
our time, our talents. You know, last night we met up at church and talked about our some of our ministry teams. We did kind of an orientation training. And one of the things that we that we said that, that Pastor Gary brought up was you need to be here. You need to be here in church on a consistent basis. We shouldn't just be skipping for whatever. You know, if you're on vacation or if you're sick, you know, those are understandable. But when you're out for a wrestling tournament, as we had many families out for a wrestling tournament yesterday, when you're out for um, sports, when you're out for all these different things, you're not only robbing God of of your of his of worshiping him, we're also robbing the congregation. We're taking what we should be doing together, and we're taking that away. And when you look at throughout history, this is kind of a new time. You know, the 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 church in Acts, their kids weren't playing basketball. They weren't. They were probably wrestling because you know, they wrestled in Rome. But they probably weren't doing it on a Sunday or a Saturday. Whenever they met, they probably were like, "No, we're we're going to church. We if we can start to teach people that Jesus is worth it and so much more important than." all this other stuff, we'll start looking like the church. Mm. And we may make America great again for Jesus, not just for our own selves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, for me, I I just want the congregation to be involved in all aspects of worship. Um, you know, I, I've had members, uh, well, I'll say I had a member text me on Sunday morning and say, just said, I feel led to give a testimony. Can I do that during service? Absolutely. Why not? Let's have that. Let's sure, have yeah. that happen. I've been in churches where we've had a, a piano and an organ and then a music box up there because the people that knew how to play the piano just wouldn't. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And it's like... That's hard. Let, let's... Give it all to God, not what I feel like giving to God today. Mm. Um, you know, my, my both my daughters have uh, done a, a special song in service. And I'm telling you, it broke my heart. You know, first of all, they're my kids. But they're actually getting up and they're, they're singing for the glory of God. And then what also broke my heart was when my daughter took up offering at church. Why? Because she's getting involved in worship. Mm. She's passing the plate, literally passing the plate. But that was one of my proudest moments as a father yeah. and as a pastor mm -hmm. was to see her do that, to see her be involved. My advice as a pastor, if you're in your church and you have a gift, a skill, whatever it is, show it. Give the glory to God through your talent. God gave me a gift of talking. That's what I do. <laughs> I can't sing. You know, uh, I wish I could. But I do what God is calling me to do. And if God has given you a gift, I, I love uh, our, our music minister, Roy. He he just brings it. And he, he wants to do the service. And Judy Crawford, who does our special... I mean, we got a lot of people at our church that are involved in different aspects. Oh, all awesome. of it is worship. Yeah. And they're all volunteers. Yeah. And and I, I love them for it. I love my church. Yeah, I'm, great. I'm, I'm very biased. Best church in the association, <laughs> Rising Sun Baptist Church. Come see us on Sunday. <laughs> what time? Uh, 1045 for a service, 10 o'clock for Sunday school. Right on. Right on. Yeah. Uh, any closing 
comments? That was my closing comment. All I'm right. done. Right on. I think I already dropped the mic right. earlier. Probably shouldn't say anymore. Well, I think that you brought up some great points. I think that also this resource of this book. Um, in fact, if you are the first 10 people to contact me, Preston Thompson, uh, the director of missions, first 10 people, I will give you a free copy of the book Sing, and uh, we'll try to make those available for anybody else in the association. But the first 10 to contact me, um, I will get those in your hands. And those will be free to you, but uh, sounds like a great Done. resource. <laughs> uh, will is the first one. <laughs> can, I, can I contact you nine more times to get the <laughs> nine others? more times? Yeah, you got to do it for your whole worship <laughs> for the team. worship team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I should have put uh, one book per, per church. church yeah. uh, one book. Well, per let church. me just say those books are five dollars a book, or you can order a case of twenty for a hundred from Lifeway. So right on. So I they're mean, at Lifeway. It's I mean, a good. So. It's a good resource. It's inexpensive per book right on on. well thank you guys um i think this is going to wrap up the first one but looking forward to to many more podcasts and different things i think that this this topic of worship is something we could we could talk a lot about and breaking it down maybe we'll do that in the next uh coming weeks and days and so thank you guys for being in here so thanks thanks for having us will hoffman